We are friggin' back. The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast, it's a brand new one this time, is brought to you by L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, where Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged. Big Barker, therapeutic dog beds. Get yours at bigbarker.com slash Ricky. Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of The Process. The Colony Meadery, the official gluten-free booze made from honey of The Process. And Kinetic Skateboard Shop. Get 9.1% off your first order with promo code Dave Silver. On the show today, we are back. As I said, the Rights to Ricky Sanchez vacation is over. We have half of our big announcement to make. Unfortunately, not the full announcement. Full announcement coming soon, but half the announcement today. We have you've you've been trained in waiting longer than you want to for the last five years, so uh, you'll have to deal with that. We've got the Process Hall of Fame nominations to talk about. We have those full voting instructions. Talk about Zaire Smith's broken foot, the Sixers' schedule, uh, their over/under as far as wins, and much, much more. Probably not much more than that, but at least that. Uh, as well, uh, before we get going, the episode of Trial and Error that Mike wrote, that is episode five of season two, debuted on Thursday and is on demand right now at NBC.com. And I imagine if you have like Xfinity or whatever, you can watch it that way. The entire season, right, Mike, is available at NBC.com right now. So, and, and Hulu as well, yeah. And Hulu. So go binge that. Thank as you. We- yep. And uh, we would like, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna binge it, watch episode five twice. Uh, we would like to see a bump for episode five. We want to show that we can create that sort of bump. Uh, and also, I'm doing a right Ricky Sanchez run slash walk team for the Providence Animal Center Bark in the Park 5K. That is October 27th. You don't have to run; you can walk too. My goal is a truly absurd 100 people on the run or walk team. I just I think it'll look hilarious and stupid, and four thousand six hundred sixteen dollars raised for six sixteen the day that Sam Hinkey um, resigned. We are up to thirteen members of the Run Walk team and twenty two hundred fifty eight dollars raised. So please donate or join the team. Uh, if you just go to my Twitter, that tweet is pinned. Without any further ado, here is Run the Jewels. The murderers there. That with the jail and we murdered the murderers there. Then with the hell and discovered the devil delivered some hurt and despair. Used to have power to push. Now I smoke pounds of the push. Holy, I'm burning the bush. Now I give a fuck about none of this shit. Two runner over and out of this bitch. Step into the spotlight. Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a reunited with me, Mike Levin. Good morning, sir. Ah, good morning. I forget how we do this. <laughs> this is how we do it. This is this it. Is definitely. This, yep, yep. This is the podcast. Over the so, past few weeks, I have been on other podcasts. Yeah, I've seen so like, a lot of, of other podcasts. Yeah mitigate the loss of this but i haven't talked much about the sixers i've been on a bachelor podcast i was on the podcast which is called trust the bachelor podcast which is great with my friend alex and sarah franklin i was on lizard people which is a conspiracy podcast which we talked about me and my writing partner patrick kang talked about y2k which i think is really funny and then uh, I don't remember when I was on Andrew's podcast, but I was on Andrew's podcast. Sorry, I've been so busy, which was great. Yeah, that was right at the beginning. That was right toward the, the beginning of the vacation, I it, think. It that honestly feels week. like months. 
<laughs> I have no sense of time. All right. Um, well, we've been teasing, or, or Kristen has been teasing on the social. I, I feel like we should start with the big announcement, which we can't announce the whole thing, but we, we've been we've been hinting at it. We've been teasing, um, so we we can't announce one part of it. But here is I like that you're throwing, throwing Kristen under the bus. Kristen's well, been teasing, and we can only do yeah. half. Sorry. Well, sometimes she operates the social on her own without any sort of input from us. So. Uh, all right, here is the part of it we can announce. The next Live Ricky, Live Ricky 3, right? to Ricky Sanchez Live 3, will be September 22nd, a Saturday night, thankfully, uh, at 8 p.m. at the legendary Electric Factory, which mm. is completely fucking absurd. That's uh, going to be cool. Yeah. So I've grown up. Uh, you know, most of my 20s and, and part of my 30s were spent going to see bands at the Electric Factory. It is a uh, a legendary venue in Philadelphia. So the idea of doing the Ricky there is completely absurd. Um, doors will open at 630 so we can have a happy hour with everyone and hang out with everyone before the show. Um, the show will be general admission, but it will be seated. There will be seats for everyone. And uh, we will do the Process Hall of Fame inductions, and we'll get into that later, the nominees. But we will also have a, ve- and v- a very, 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 very special guest on stage with whom we'll have an extended interview with. And uh, we can't announce who that person is right now. So mm-hmm. we will announce that person on Monday. Uh, I'm not giving any hints. Do not look into anything we say as hinted. Do not look into the uh, any. There's there's literally no hints in this at all. So can I can I say um, one person that it's not? Ooh, um, sure. It's not Hinky. Yes, it is not Hinky. It, it'll never be Hinky. <laughs> I, I got news for you. Just to put it out there <laughs> yeah. now. Not it's hinky. not hinky, but it is. What I will say is, it is amazing. We are very, very thrilled to have this person. Uh, we'll also have some other special guests and uh, surprises to announce. But we will announce this on Monday. We will announce the special guest on Monday. You're going to want to see this. That's all I'll say. So tickets are will go on sale. Uh, there will be a pre-sale on Wednesday. That will be only if you are a subscriber of the newsletter. So go to writesrickysanchez.com, click on newsletter, and subscribe. The pre-sale password will only go to those who subscribe to the newsletter. So that'll be Wednesday. Tickets will the general public on sale is Friday. The tickets will be, excuse me, $29.99 in advance. $35 day of sale, and there will be a Cornblow VIP ticket for $99, which will get you a ticket in the first 10 rows, open bar, which is beer, wine, and well drinks, and a photo with the special guest, and of course, a photo with Cornblow. Um, that will be a very limited VIP ticket. So wow. um, a lot big coming. The Truly... Performing at the Electric Factory is <laughs> one Stupid. of the most. It it's is so, so yeah. It I I like I've seen so many bands there, so many bands, like real bands, not us. So uh, I'm really just doing it to get our name on the marquee, and that's pretty much it. That'll be dope. Um, I saw yeah, I'm, Andrew Bird and the New Pornographers there as a youth. Oh, that's was, cool. Which was great. Yeah, I saw Tool there when I was in. I imagine we saw very different bands there, but I saw Tool there. Dashboard Confessional I've seen there. Saw Fall Out Boy there. Stained, Limp Biscuit, 
corn. Anyway, uh, and us, our stupid podcast. So uh, I, all I can tell you is I, we are planning on making this the very best live show we've ever done, the most uh, sort of professional live show we've ever done, and the special guest will be awesome. I'm excited for Hall of Fame induction speeches, mm-hmm. uh, all that stuff. So more info to come, but oh, uh, that's subscribe to the newsletter. I didn't think about speeches. Yeah, should, yeah, there have to be should, induction like, speeches. We should like have people... Induct as, those people. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's yeah. Cool. Oh, yeah. It's it's going to be amazing. Like I'm really I'm really fired up at the possibilities of this. So um, so all I, all I can say is subscribe to the newsletter so you can make sure that you get tickets. Um, all right. Before we get to actual Sixer stuff, the it's back, Mike. The Willie Green five star oh. Apple Podcast review. Yep, it's back. We are at one thousand seven hundred fifty eight on the way to two thousand. Jesus. Christ. Uh, Yep. When we get to 2000, I'll do another podcast reading all the reviews. This one comes from Ali J0205. The subject line is new processor. Fairly new to the process, just a few years. <laughs> just a few years. And fairly new is the saddest thing ever. I get my news from my boyfriend and writes to Ricky Sanchez. I get very angry when he listens to the cult cast, sorry, podcast without me. Love this pod. Five stars. All right. What I want to start with is really just one of the most unbelievable, yet so believable, predictable things in the history of our podcast, in the history of the Sixers. That is Zaire Smith breaking his fucking foot. I... Um, I think you tweeted that you were numb to it and you felt nothing. Oddly, that's sort of what I felt. I, I thought I would feel more of... I definitely didn't feel, oh, no, because it, it definitely wasn't surprising. I definitely didn't feel... Um, it didn't even seem funny to me, which I guess it should be on some level. I sort of felt dead to the entire thing. Mm-hmm. I, I, It really is. I, I don't think... You know, we were talking earlier this week. We were texting about a or emailing about a, a thirty for thirty, just like in the, in the general sense of it. Um, but I, I really don't think we'll be able to have true perspective on how unreal it is that another first round pick just broke his foot, in addition to a potentially season long injury. Again, I I don't think we can really even. It's so unbelievable and so crazy that I, I don't even think we can give it the proper uh, perspective at this point. No. I mean, we draft a guy in the first round. We kill him. And then at some point, at a later date, he plays and is usually good. It's the, fa- the fact that all the guys that have been have taken time to come over, whether it's a Dario or a Korkmaz. I don't know. Yeah, Korkmaz did take a year to come over. Yeah, or, and then broke his foot, by the way. And, and then, then broke his foot. foot. So it's a double yeah. for Corkmaz. Or yeah. just injuries, Embiid, Simmons, Fultz. Uh, all those guys have been good and guys that we're excited about. Whereas Okafor played right away. MCW played right away. Luau, yeah. sadly, deeply sadly <laughs> for me, played right away. Right. Uh, honestly, if I could have sat on that for a year, I would have. Um I don't. I don't know. Everybody gets hurt. Everybody just right away, just gets hurt. But here's the th- here's the difference. So the same injury that Simmons had. It's a Jones fracture mm-hmm. on his fifth metatarsal, which is not something I want to know anything about. I just don't. I just would rather have gone through life 
Not knowing these not things. Not knowing right. these things. Not knowing what a so, fifth martial is and how you can what's the difference between a Jones and an avulsion. I just don't some, want to know. Somebody somebody suggested and we had already done the Process Hall of Fame nominations that whoever Jones is should be nominated for the Process <laughs> Hall of Fame. Sure. Which I think would be funny one year. Yeah. Um and first of all, I do want to hear eventually what happened to like how mm-hmm. did, how did it break because they called it an acute fracture, which means that there was an event that happened. It wasn't just like stress over time. It was like one what? specific event, uh, like Simmons, which like which Simmons. really we have we, we have to ask where Sean Long was. Yes, if Sean Long was, was there, he also. at this camp. Jesus. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, the good thing is that it, this Zaire injury, uh, Derek Bodner wrote about it in the Athletic, happened two months. About two months before Simmons uh, broke his foot, um, right, and I think just the nature of Simmons being the number one overall pick and the Sixers at that point not being good still, they were mu- way careful, overly careful, very cautious. Why not just sit him for the whole year? May as well, uh, and I don't think that they will do that for Zaire two months earlier. I would guess he comes back. People say, and you know, time t- timelines are different for everything, but he seems like a guy that wants to get back out there. I would guess he's he's back by January. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm I'm done guessing. I, I guess my my bigger question is like, uh, I I actually I think Corkmaz had a Jones fracture as well, and eventually returned when I didn't think he was going to return. It it took a while. I, I can't wait to see. Reevaluated in three weeks. It's really just it's. It's the uh, same press amazing. releases. Just re just yeah, rehash yep. them. Change just the change date. The name. Put yep. it out there. Mail merge, baby. Uh, but I. How do you think? Rather than guessing when he'll get back, because I don't. I don't fucking know. I'm usually. You, I'm, I'm good at that actually. Yes, I think you I'm good. Are. At, I'm good at the. Yeah. Comeback. I said Simmons was out for the year last year and got roasted for it. Uh, yeah. But it seemed like a right away kind of thing. That um, is your tea leaf corner. That is my is tea leaf it? corner. You're better at yeah. the what the organization is thinking. I'm I'm better at like, is this guy going to come back this year? And usually how, it's no, but you, I, I do think this is a yes. So the if we are to believe that they are done making moves, let's just say, for instance, that, that this roster is the roster that they go into the year with. Um, I, I, how do you—I I guess— I don't even know what to say. How, how does it affect rotations? How much did we expect him to play in the beginning? I think you probably expected him to play a little more than I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, now their their wing rotation was pretty thin anyway, um, d- depending on, just to, to go back to the last podcast we did, depending on who you consider wings. I think it, it probably means increased opportunity for Korkmaz, and it, it probably means more minute, like everybody just, gets more minutes uh, Chandler gets more minutes everybody gets everybody soaks up you know if he was going to play 12 or 15 minutes to start out everybody soaks up those those 12 or 15 minutes I guess I guess my thing is I don't think it it hurts the team all that much from the start it more hurts him because he's not getting minutes but I didn't expect him to be a particularly uh, effective uh, contributor right off the the outset anyway yeah I mean I don't know I think that I think the Jared Bayless uh, elephant is yeah. interesting here in terms of not that he's like a point of attack defender anyway, but um, I think what they do with him will be interesting. I, I doubt they give much, a lot of time to Shamit right away. I think he'll probably spend a lot of time in the, in the G league, probably similar to shake. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I just really believe in 
in Zaire's defense, and I think that it'll it'll be an impactful like playmaker type thing on the defensive mm-hmm. end, and uh, and they don't have anybody to replace that. I don't think that there's anybody that's available to that uh, in free agency to pl- replace that. Um, I I like Pat McCall a lot. I don't know how much he costs. That's a guy that I think is is a. Uh, I think he's pretty good right away. He was in, he was dinged up last year and didn't quite uh, improve at the rate that you wanted him to. But I love him. I think he's great. Uh, I don't know how much he's going to cost. I would take him. Rodney Hood is a guy that I don't know how much he's going to cost. I he's he I can't tell if he's good or bad. Uh, he's not good, man. He's not good. Yeah. I'm out. Out. I'm I. In the in the in a in an open field of candidates, I I would be out on Rodney Hood. But in the hey, they need another body. Why not just get a guy if you're, if he's going to do a one year deal to then try free agency again? Maybe it would. I don't want Jamal Crawford. I I'm so I like Jamal Crawford very much as a person, but I'm I'm just living and dying on Jamal Crawford rumors. Just begging some other team to sign him so we don't have to have any more of them. Uh, yeah, I, I I think could I mean we <clears throat> going back to when Cleveland traded for him. When I, I I guess I agree with you on Rodney Hood. It's like well I guess we could I guess it could be worse. Right. It just seems like his the uh, I, I want some if they're gonna sign somebody I want somebody who I know is going to be able to play and Hood's you know injury history and unable to play for some reason history is not great if. I'd rather right. get a body that I know is going to at least give us minutes. In I get there. that, and uh, I'm not I'm not sold on Hood. Doing to me, that. to me, I wouldn't. I wouldn't get anybody. I would just wait. I'd yeah. wait. I'd be fine with Bayless doing a 10 minutes a game kind of thing, whatever. Uh, and then you wait for buyout season or or the deadline and see what you got. I don't think it's worth. It. I mean, they're going to make the playoffs. Like that's it's it's weird to think. Yeah, that like That'd the be a sure playoff. Yeah, they're game. sure like they're going to. They're probably going to be in the top four, and what happens after that is what happens after that. Like it's gonna, it's not gonna depend on, you know, a, a ninth guy in the rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would just, I'd be fine just holding on and waiting and seeing how Embiid plays, how Simmons plays, and then if you need to go get a guy uh, in the first couple of months, you're like, we need another guy. This is this is a role we don't have. Or Zaire's not looking as ready as we thought he'd be by December, January. Uh, then you go get it. Hey, Mike, I, I can't believe we, another guy broke his foot. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really it's crazy. Fine. I, it's fine. I don't feel anything. Yeah, I feel okay, nothing. Yeah. It's, just, it's gone. It is, it, is I, a, it is a thing that happens, and I, we just talk about it, recycle. I mean, honestly, but, just... But the thing is, it's really a thing that happens. It's, 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 it really is. It, I, I just... Uh, I just, it's, it's unreal. It's really unreal. Uh, a, a, one of our sponsors of this podcast is Big Barker Dog Beds. Look, uh, maybe, maybe Zaire should be sleeping on a Big Barker Dog Bed uh, maybe. for support for his foot. Do you, you think it's arthritis based? <laughs> it could be. You never know. Do- dogs are important to all of us who own dogs. I, I, my dog is. Uh, arguably the most important living creature in my life. It's important to take care of these dogs. And that's why Big Barker dog beds are important. And all of the people who have gone to bigbarker.com slash Ricky and had their dog become a process pup knows this now. It, 
most of the dog beds that you buy in stores that you see are not actually beds. They provide no support at all. They are glorified blankets. And you should go and try laying on one of those beds. And uh, and I'm being honest. And see, you're basically laying on the floor. And uh, imagine how your joints would feel if you slept on the floor every night. Dogs are not immune to that. That's where Big Barker comes in, especially big dogs who there's more pressure on their joints and they need it even more. As they get older, especially those big dogs, they develop arthritis and those beds are the absolute worst thing for them. That's why you need a Big Barker. This is a supportive, real bed. And if you go to bigbarker.com slash Ricky, you can get a Big Barker dog bed with the free Ricky upgrade, which is a tastefully, wonderfully embroidered, writes Ricky Sanchez logo right there on it. This dog is going to keep your young dog mobile and happy for longer. It is your, if you have a senior dog, it is going to, it's really going to change the way that dog feels. Um, And again, especially dogs over 50 pounds, up to 80% of them develop arthritis as they age. Big Barker went and got experts to to develop a mattress and a bed that is really going to be supportive for them. That mattress, 10-year warranty, the foam itself won't flatten or they will replace it for free. A 365-day at-home trial. Try it for a year. If for any reason you or your dog don't like it, send it back. They'll even pay for shipping. It is handmade in the USA. And uh, Eric of Big Barker is a true Ricky fan and process truster, um, a Sixers fan as well. So we love Big Barker. Big Big Barker dog beds. Oh, I like the fade. I didn't. Yeah. I, that is not an effect that was done afterwards. That was yeah. all. You're like, a, yeah. It was a car, right, drive, it was next, a car driving by. That's what I was going for. Oh, I like that. I like that. Speaking of Eric, and I'll get to why speaking of Eric in a second, I want to talk about the Process Hall of Fame nominations, which are now official and you can vote on at uh, writesrickysanchez.com slash Hall of Fame. And explain how this, these were culled together. Right. So that's what I'll do. The. Um, so the nominations themselves were a, a fan suggestion, basically, a listener suggestion. We had the website open. We had a lot of suggestions. Then we went through and went to see basically what, were, what was suggested the most. And then if it got to a, you know, a, um, a tiebreaker, it was just sort of what we thought would be the, the best one for the first year. So voting is going to work this way. There, 50% of the vote will come from a listener vote. So so you can go to rightstrickysanchez.com slash hall of fame and vote. You will rank your, there are three categories, Sixers players, um, uh, uh, Sixers moment, not Sixers players, rather people, uh, people, a Sixers moment and a right Ricky Sanchez moment. You will rank your preference one to 10 for the first two that you rank will get actual votes and then uh, three through 10 will just be used for scoring as a tiebreaker. So that's 50% of the vote is you. The other 50% is the Rights to Ricky Sanchez Process Hall of Fame Committee. There will be a voting committee. They will all vote, and that will be the other, uh, the other 50%. It was important to us that this committee was made up of people who have listened the whole time because I think context is important. Mm-hmm. Would you agree in this? Big time. So our, our voters will be uh, L.L. Pavorsky. Um, ben from Kinetic Skateboard Shop. Oh, also, like, you know, if you were a sponsor, uh, you know, <laughs> you got preferential, you got preferential treatment. treatment. Well, but, hey, but become a sponsor, but, get on the committee. <laughs> you can vote. But here's the good thing. All these people, the reason that they sponsor are because they they get all this anyway. It's definitely so, not from the booming... <laughs> 
<laughs> Not from the checks. Not from the uh, checks. Yeah. LL, uh, Greg from Colony Meadery, Ben from Kinetic, Cornblow, Eric from Big Barker. The rest of the voting committee, me, you, Andrew Unterberger, Brandon Lee Gowton of who, Bleeding Green Nation. Who has the, I would say, like the most institutional memory of, uh, any, yes. of anyone of all time, just, just because of his system of faves that is yes. both legendary and terrifying. Yep, yep. And, and let me say real quickly, I don't want to get too into it. There was some like internet controversy. So two of the BGN radio guys, John and James, um, like BGN radio, as you know, it doesn't exist anymore. The podcast is now called Go Birds. It is with uh, radio.com and 94WIP. And there was a little bit of like stuff as to whether like, we forced Brandon off the podcast or anything like that. Like, let me say, I don't want to get too into it. I don't want to get into their business. I love Brandon. WIP loves Brandon. Uh, Intercom loves Brandon. Brandon loves us. We're all still friends. Brandon is on the fucking Process Hall of Fame committee. Um, everything is all good. Like, I guess that's what I would say. I, I don't want to get into it. There were, there were some uh, hurdles that made it impossible, I think, for that to remain the way it was. But, but Brandon is all good. Very happy. So I'm happy to have Brandon on the committee. Uh, Zainab Javed, who does all of our graphics now for rightsrickysanchez.com, has a vote. Um, and Evil Hinky, at Evil underscore Hinky, who found out about the podcast probably two years ago and did the famous Right Ricky Sanchez re-listen, where he went back and re-listened to every episode and hashtagged the highlights Hashtag RTRS re-listen. So Evil Hinky also has a vote. Which is which um, is truly, no one should do that. No, it was a, a really horrible decision, but really effective for anybody well, I who wants even to just, catch up on moments. Don't, don't look into my past and my past dig. I want to <laughs> be able to retrofit the present based on how I believed in the past. Don't, well, I, I, don't, and by the way, some of, our, some of our old podcasts exposed takes from both of us that were really, sure. truly, like posting the Ricky rebroadcast definitely yeah. did that. So, I, I, I so, did not listen to those. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. I put, I, wait, I produced them and put the commercials in them and did the intros for them and I didn't listen to one of them. So <laughs> I don't want uh, to so be confronted I, yeah. with my bad takes. No, 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 absolutely. So here are the nominations. Go to rightsrickysanchez.com to vote. First, uh, the people. Ish Smith, as was decided on previously by just, me, you, and oh, go ahead. That's right. I just want to say as we do this, like maybe I should do it before. Either way, it shouldn't be you shouldn't be voting on who's the best player, player, no. who's the pre- player that is you like the most, any of that stuff. It should be who is the most process. This is the process Hall of Fame. This is right. who specifically is iconically processed and can't be separated from the process at any point. It shouldn't be just like, oh, this guy's good or this guy's still here or this guy, whatever. It is exclusively the Process Hall of Fame, and I want the voting to be reflected as such. Yeah, and I think here's the thing. I think our uh, our nominations are, are reflect that too, mm-hmm. you know, I, and I, it should be something you feel. It should be oh, he should be in the Process Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. If you're calling it the Process Hall of Fame, the your vote should reflect what it is. And I think so many of the listeners of this podcast get that. And that is, um, you know, I think that I think that's something that we can be sure that people will vote properly for. Um, okay, the 
the nominees are, for person are, first, Ish Smith was already determined before the break. Uh, Joel Embiid is a nominee for the Process Hall of Fame. Big congrats to Joel. This is a huge honor. Yep, yep. Um, Tony Roten, obviously a for, nominee for the Process Hall of Fame. Former Ricky Guest. Former Ricky Guest, also uh, given credit for Trust the Process the first time publicly associated with the Sixers in Pablo Torre's article. Um, Hollis, 40% Thompson. That's right. I will be campaigning for him. Uh, knocking oh, you're going to campaign. Knocking door to door in the uh, <laughs> tri-state area. TJ McConnell. The Ricky Zone? Just an... Yeah, and uh, yeah, also a former Ricky guest, an obvious nominee. This, I think, is we're starting to get to a, a few nominees who are you really got to get it to understand, but are such nom- obvious nominees. Choo Choo Madiobam, mm-hmm. uh, never played for the Sixers, uh, never really on the Sixers, but uh, part of the the Sixers assets at one point, and uh, and I would say of all of these people wraps his arms around it the most social media wise so choo choo is a nominee sixers head coach and de facto general manager brett brown is the next nominee former ricky guest and uh a purchaser of ricky happy hour drinks i believe yes yes uh, a lot of money of ricky happy hour drinks actually uh robert another former ricky guest Robert Covington, a nominee for the Process Hall of Fame. It's almost as if we give favor to people who sponsor the podcast <laughs> and then come on the podcast. <laughs> uh, but but this was determined by by listener nominees, Mike. Uh, Jakar Sampson, uh, a nominee for the Process Hall of Fame. Love him. And wrapping up, number 10, Dario Saric, a nominee for the Process Hall of Fame. Obviously, you know, one of the, the core uh, and an obvious nominee. I think the the people is a a wonderful. I, th- I think we got it right. To be honest with you, yeah, it's a tough. It's a, it'd be a tough vote. That's a good good yep. good ten guys. Okay, the next thing is Sixers moments. The first one was decided before we went to break with me, you, and AU, and that is the James Anderson game. <laughs> um, if you want a little more background on that, go to the July twenty first episode of the Rights Ricky Sanchez. The next one is the iconic TJ game winner against the Knicks over Carmelo Anthony. Mm. That was good. Would, Which was re- would re- recreated a- at Ricky Live One. Yes, with me, you, TJ, obviously, and was was anyone else involved in that, or was it just Gon- us three? Gons was, was up there us. for us. Oh, Gons, right. I was the hoop. Um, yeah, Gons was, it was our great. son. Yep. At the, at the end, TJ made me choke him like Embiid <laughs> did. It was awesome. Fucking TJ is the best. All right, the next one, the picks swapping. I think we know that <laughs> we'll make it. Yeah, I mean, that's a, it'd be hard not to vote for the pick swapping. Yep, because they did swap. Uh, the fourth one, the Sixers win the lottery. Also good. Uh, yep. I was, at the, I was at Xfinity Live for that. Nearly yep. fell off the uh, second floor balcony, and then Icarus jumped on my back. <clears throat> Uh, the next one, Carl Landry gets MVP chance during free throws. That was great. What a good, he scored like 22. <laughs> yeah. What a game. All right. The sixth one, Sam Hinkie drives Evan Turner to the airport after trading him. Oh, this is Sixers lore. This is deep Sixers lore. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, he didn't actually drive him. I think he rode with him, but in the, still, in the back he seat, was yeah. there. Well, yeah. it just it's, it, it signs him up as an elitist. Yep. As a driver. The, <laughs> the MCW game. Now, this is the first game of the process era, the win over the Miami Heat, where MCW led the game off with a steal and a dunk. Mm-hmm. I think ended up with 22-9-7 and seven or something like that. So the MCW game. Um, the eighth one. <laughs> this one is great. When the Sixers almost beat the Warriors, uh, also also known as the Isaiah Cannon four point play game. I was watching that game in the Grinder Writers Room, and I vividly remember Sean, Sean Livingston grabbing Robert Covington's arm on the play that Harrison Barnes hit a, I believe it was a corner three, and uh, they didn't call it. Didn't call the foul. Still mad. Um, the next one is um, the the ninth one, the Michael Carter Williams trade, which of course resulted in the Lakers pick, uh, which ended up resulting in the the Fultz trade and so on and so forth. So the MCW trade on trade deadline day, I did a shock. I, I, I did read to, to that one I did, a little bit. I was on a oh uh, really? Yeah, it was the, we did our trade our trade deadline podcast where yep. I was I scheduled it was a mis misscheduled doctor's appointment that I had to drive oh, to right. and found out about the MCW trade in the car on the 10 uh, in traffic, which was dangerous and exciting. And the final Sixers moment nominated for the Process Hall of Fame is Joel Embiid's first regular season bucket against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Mm. Um, a, a moment just, it felt like we made it yeah. when he hit that basket. So, so final category is rights to Ricky Sanchez moments, which is just, boy, we are the worst. Um, but I think it's I think it's fair. I mean, it's our Hall of Fame. So the first one is T.J. McConnell double fisting beers at the live pod at Underground Arts. Mm. Just un- an unbelievable moment. Pretty T.J. Good. had a b- a bunch of moments during that live podcast. A lot of, um, a lot of cursing. Know. Yeah, it. a lot of cursing. Not going go to go to Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland. Yeah, Joel Embiid, the second coming of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of wonderful. Saying he would beat Simmons in a three-point contest. Yep, yep. Uh, number two, Brett Brown does the jigsaw, which I believe was hot dog water, right? Yeah, there was hot dog water, but I think there was like eating your own throw up or something. I, it was pretty awful. Um, I'll I'll repost the date if you want to go back and listen to it. The fact that I did it to him, I think. He prefaced his answer with, like, I can't believe I'm actually doing this. But he did answer. He did answer. Uh, number three, I tell the Paul Millsap all-star story. Um, that was a replay during the Wright's Ricky Sanchez vacation. I, of course, lied to Mike about Paul Millsap getting a standing ovation. Um, <laughs> Your crusade against Paul Millsap. <laughs> yep. Started a never-ending right crusade against Paul Millsap. Number four, uh, the Hinky Billboard. When Hinky is forced out, and we, along with LL and some uh, some private investors, take out a digital billboard outside of the Wells Fargo Center that says Hinky Forever, uh, that was a pretty pretty huge moment. Yeah, right on ninety five, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, um, the Sixers, heading the Sixers were south. not were not happy about it. No, they were not. Uh, number five, retweet Armageddon. Yeah. Um, and this, of course, paired with Joel Embiid participating in retweet Armageddon. Retweeting your retweeting dad specifically, right? My, yeah, that Dario would would never come over. Mm-hmm. So retweet Armageddon, uh, our, our biggest trending moment of all time, trended, I think, number three nationally. It was a pretty, pretty, uh, 
pretty huge moment for us. Number six, I can't believe this got several votes, but it did. <laughs> <laughs> when you got a real microphone. Wow. Mike gets a real microphone. Who could yes. forget? <laughs> Just iconic <laughs> moments of the past few years. My audio quality being slightly improved. Yeah, well, we went from phone. I mean, it was phone the first yes, couple of years. it's been a real journey. It has. And then, then headset mic and then actual mic. So really wonderful. Uh, number seven. The right Ricky Sanchez, bust the process, fly the process, goes to Milwaukee and boos Tony Snell because Malcolm Brogdon is injured. Was too scared so to face booing Tony him. Snell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number eight, Robert Covington's rousing ovation during the 2018 lottery party at Xfinity Live. I got chills during it. I almost wanted to cry a little bit. It, of course, comes over after Covington's sort of questionable uh, performance during the Boston series, but gets a huge fucking ovation from thousands of people at Xfinity Live. Yeah, we were worried about him getting booed. And, uh, and we and shouldn't have been. Just the sheer, I've never heard volume at that level. No, it was unbelievable. Um, number nine, uh. the Apple po- <laughs> the Apple Podcast Reviews episode no. where where I spent four hours on uh, reading Apple Podcast Reviews. Some people have actually listened to it. And number 10, Vlade Divac gets cheered during the second lottery party before the pick swap trade ever happened in foreshadowing like we've never seen. Yeah, just just I, we've talked about this on the podcast before, but truly the most organic moment of the process era. We're watching it at Buffalo Wild Wings. They were the server. The servers were overwhelmed by how many people were there. My brother was yeah. not allowed in. Uh, they, they were introducing everybody. We're panning from guys. We're booing. I don't know Chris Weber, whoever was, and, and all the random people, owners, kids, whoever. And all of a sudden, it gets to Vlade, and everybody cheers. It was not coordinated. We did not nope. tell anyone to do that. It was nope. just all of a sudden, everybody just cheered, and that was in May. So then. The pick swap trade was, I think, in August. So three months later, Vlade would deliver the pick swap to the Sixers for nothing. And so that is a for truly, nothing. For, for two. You mean thing. as a thank you for cheering? As a him thank you the for the cheers at a Buffalo Wild Wings in Northeast Philadelphia. So those are the nominees. You will have two weeks to vote. Go to rightstrickysanchez.com slash Hall of Fame to vote. We will announce the the uh, the actual inductees about a week before the live pod. And how and, and what is the what is the system for how many are gonna get in from each thing? Oh, it's one one of each. Oh, just one of, one each. of each. Okay. One of each. One of each, yes. Okay. Uh, you can vote for essentially so again, you're ranking is one through ten. The first two get votes. It is the same vote. The one and two counts the same. And then you are ranking three through ten as a scoring system for a potential tiebreaker. But we will have one of each that get in this year. Okay, so, so you're saying the top two guys that you, pick, yes. that you vote are the same. They, they get votes. Yes, correct. And the rest correct. is just ranking it after that. And so it correct. should be one is the best, ten is the worst? Correct. Okay. One is the best, ten is the worst. Okay. Yep. Well, 10 is the least best. Sure. There is no worst here. Sure. Uh, before well, we get ten, to 6... 10 is, no. say, the Apple Reviews episode. <laughs> just, to, just to qualify. 
You don't know how good that episode was. You never listened <laughs> that's to true, it. That's true. That's true. Right. Yeah. You're right. It could have been awesome. I was really funny that episode. Boy, that was way harder than I ever thought it was going to be. Way harder. Uh, before we get to the Sixer schedule, which is our next topic, let's talk about our next sponsor and Process Hall of Fame committee voter. That is Cornblow and Cornblow, Adam Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. I, I, I want to look up his tweet from this week, Ari, the Zaire Smith trade, because uh, this is one of my favorite sort of cornblow treat tweets. Um, as with all Sixers-related injury news, if the injury may have been the result of negligence, please have them call me. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would just say we have cornblow yeah. on, on this end of it, and that's great. But if there's any yep. like physical therapy place or like preemptive doctor type right. place that yep. wants to sponsor the podcast, that might help just universe wise. Right. So um, it is someone out. that that corn the can send you to after in your recovery process. That's right. Cornblow and Cornblow is the only personal injury law firm we trust. They are the premier personal injury law firm, a boutique personal injury law firm in the Delaware Valley. And I, I think boutique is important in this in this uh, respect because a lot of times when you hear advertisements for personal injury law firms, you call up and it's a huge law firm. And really what you're getting is a referral service. They will refer you to somebody else. When you call Cornblow and Cornblow to get, um, to get advice or to have somebody handle your case, you're getting Cornblow. You're getting a Cornblow. They're not referring you to anybody else. They handle all kinds of personal injury. That is medical malpractice, injured at work, um, break your foot, uh, <laughs> playing basketball. Uh, if somebody else was negligent, car accidents, slip and fall, they handle all of it. They have gotten some of the biggest medical malpractice settlements in and and results in all of the Delaware Valley. The, the law firm has been there for over 30 years. It was started by his parents. It is him and his mom now with a few select, very high-level lawyers. Um, really, this I've been through a personal injury lawsuit. It is a really long process. It is confusing and frustrating and having somebody like Adam who cares and uh, who really puts the work into it and who really gets a thrill out of doing it. He wants you to get you the the best settlement and the best result because that's what's right, but also because it's a challenge for him and, and he really enjoys it. So he's the guy that you want. His two pieces of advice, if you get into an accident or if you get hurt, don't lie about it. Don't be a hero. If it hurts, if you're injured, you really should talk to somebody. If you think you might have a case, give him a call or shoot him an email. It costs you nothing. 215-576-7200. Ask for Adam or email cornblow at cornblowandcornblow.com. Cornblow spelled with a K and the and is spelled A-N-D. The rest. It's up to you. Adam Cornblow, the official lawyer of the process. The schedule came out this week, uh, yesterday, and the uh, of course the biggest question is where will bust the process go this week, we, this year. We're, we're working on that, but um, but the rest of it is uh, the bit. The headline I think is that they're going to play 82 games this year, Mike. Wow, on the Sixers' schedule. Yep. I think didn't one year we go through every? Did we go through every game or, or the first? 30 games or something like that. I, I think one year we might have gone through every game. I've, I remember saying feels like a win a lot. <laughs> yeah. And as it turned out, it wasn't. As it turned out, it wasn't That's a right. win. Tw- okay, so this is not counting national television games. They're going to play 26 national TV games. You meant this is not counting NBA TV. And yeah, what did I say? You said this is not counting national television games. They're going to play oh, right, 26 right, right. Yeah. national television right. games. Yeah, this, this is not counting NBA TV. They have 26 national television games. That's a lot. Which, 
that, that that is crazy. I forget who tweeted it. Somebody said, "Well, Joel Embiid's not getting any rest this year," which uh-huh. I thought was re- yeah. I thought was really funny. I I twenty six national TV games it, is I I don't know the fact that they are that level of now first of all there are a lot of national tv games the nba has a lot of national television yeah. between uh you know tbs tnt and espn but they're right but in that, that upper, a, upper echelon with all those other teams that are the best teams in the league what's well, a third of their schedule yeah it really is is on national television and, which is unreal and again just another opportunity to point out that we were right they were wrong mm-hmm. and not that the point of the process as some idiots tweeted at me uh, jeeringly that, oh, the point of the process is to get national TV games. It's like, no, it's just another example that the Sixers are, the best team, are the, one of the best teams in the league and they were aimless and pointless and Philly having a huge market didn't do anything for us when fucking Thad and Hawes were the guys on the graphic. Uh, we're, we were right. I mean, we just continue to be right and history will look down upon everyone who was wrong and that we were, and we were we were right they're done i love that our return pod has the old school sirens in the background yeah, that is one really of my favorite happened. i i did miss it yeah 26 national games is is um i guess when you're thinking about the teams that uh just off the top of my head that the teams that people at home will be interested and want to watch it is golden state obviously and the Lakers, obviously. Um, I think, you know, the Celtics will obviously be a huge story nationally. And, um, and the Rockets and, are City. up there. Yeah, and that and the Sixers. Yeah. And they're they're in that. I, I don't even put Toronto, even though I think Toronto is going to be really good this year. Um, I, I don't put Toronto in that same category of national appeal teams. You know, I this this will be a... This is a big season for the Sixers in that respect. I think if they can live up to the hype in a, you know, I I don't know about the end result of the season, but I think during the regular season, if they can live up to the hype of being that team and and show growth, I think it will be, believe it or not, I think it'll help them next summer in terms of free agency and stuff like that. It's it's important. I think those national TV games mean more than – you know, maybe mean more than they should, but I, I, I think they're they're really important and they present a lot of opportunity for the Sixers. Yeah, and also Christmas Day, opening night, Martin Luther King yeah. Day, like all the, the, the big ones. And uh, how do you feel about facing, going to Boston for opening night and Christmas? So I, I'm not ready to reveal my take on the Celtics, but uh, th- that is a, a, a steaming fucking scorching take that I will definitely keep closer to either closer to the regular season start or when we get bored for the next month. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think it is it obviously says that this is the rivalry in the Eastern Conference that the NBA would like to exist. Yeah. You know, that is a rightfully uh, so. You know, we. I don't really hate any other Eastern Conference team, <laughs> and you know it's it's really just the Celtics. I, I can't. Maybe there's one that. Well, I hate the Hawks, obviously. Sure. Uh, and I hate the Bucks. I don't, you don't, I you don't hate them anymore now that L- Lloyd Pierce is there, right? No, I hate the Hawks. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I hate the Hawks. You hate whatever hate team Tony Snell is on. <laughs> yeah. Right. But but the Bo- Boston is there. I I look. I, those are going to be two really 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 tough games. The the Celtics are a 
incredibly deep, especially at a position that we're not incredibly deep at, at the wing position. That's, but it's exciting that we're playing the Celtics, who will likely be the, the best team in the conference, and this, the, the Sixers are the team that the NBA wants them matched up against. How do you feel about it? Uh, I like it. Let's be yeah. uh, going to Boston twice on national TV. Let's be chip on our shoulder, guys, and let's uh, go fucking yeah. win them. Yeah, well, there's revenge. I mean, they, right. they they beat the Sixers in five fucking games in the playoffs. I mean, that was that was it was Again, embarrassing. Uh, it, for was a, all it was a it was a it was a heavy five. It wasn't a, it wasn't a, <laughs> here we go. I will I, I can still five. I know, but <gasps> we can say that there's luck and chance factors into it, and it wasn't like oh, oh god, it was an embarrassing like you know Utah <laughs> against Golden State. They stole one. Like it wasn't a we stole one five. It was like. They were in every game, and if J.J. Redick didn't pass the ball to no one, there were dunks that were missed. We're right there. The one we won was won because of T.J. <laughs> yeah, but they won by a bunch. That was a clean yeah, win. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Uh, they have 12 back-to-backs, which is a normal number. Um, and much like – actually, not much like last year. So last year we had a pretty easy close to it, a pretty tough start. A very tough um, start, yeah. The, this year's start is uh, not not too heavy, I don't think. And when you look at the close of the season, by the way, thanks to at Sixers Adam for going through and, and picking out a bunch of these things. Um, it does look like it is a pretty fair open, a pretty like light close, and there's a section in the middle of the um, in the middle of the schedule from mid-January to mid-February that looks like a bear. But um, yeah. it does give them an opportunity at the beginning, at the end, to to stack up some wins, and I think those will be important. Yeah. Uh, I know you have this yeah. for later, but the the over-under set at 54.5 to me seems— I have that for later, Mike. I want to do it now. We're talking about the schedule. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, seems high to me. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, you never know about injuries. Really we don't know about faults. Uh, the Sixers won 52 games last year on the bat on the strength of winning their last 16 in a row. Uh, that seems a little high to me, but I mean the regular season doesn't matter. I just need everybody to be healthy. I need I need to get home court in the first round, and then everybody to be healthy for the playoffs. That's all. That's the only thing that matters this year. 54 and a half is here's why I think it's high is because I can't imagine a world in which I would bet the over. You know, not not that I don't think it's possible that they could get over that. That I can't imagine betting that. Yeah. That that seems like it seems crazy to bet over. Now, I thought last year's number was was too high. As a, I think Sharp like was telling people to bet like everything they owned on the under. I think Simmons actually did the same thing, and I thought last year's over under was was too high. So, and I was obviously really wrong. But you didn't the think they'd break twenty. I didn't think they'd break twenty. I, I, the Sixers at fifty-four and a half feels a little strong to me. I've said before that the simple notion that because Simmons and Embiid will get better, which we both expect, that that means they'll win more games, doesn't really jibe to me. I think they could both improve and they could have a good year and win fewer games, and that's sort of what I expect to happen. I think Pelton did the did his uh, projections and had them at like. 48.3 or something like that in mm-hmm. his computer projection. So, but there's, um, I mean, the the faults question mark is the thing, and I also do want to talk about that. If you're ready to yeah. talk about faults, I would talk about faults now. Uh, sure, let's talk about faults. Uh, there's a the, the articles have been written, the tweets have been the hinting of 
everybody expecting him to have a good season. Embiid saying he's going to have a good season. Brown saying he's going to have a good season. Drew Hanlon, uh, you know, <laughs> putting a putting his dick on the on everybody's mantelpiece as as proof that he yeah. he has improved Fultz's jump shot. Uh, let's. But, but I would somehow love to see something. in the yeah in the eighty seven videos Drew Hanlon has produced of everyone that he's worked with. Yeah. there is not one Markel Fultz jumper in all of it. Wow, is that is that siren driving into your apartment? <laughs> it's. Are you okay? I'm good. Are you all right? I'm good. This Mike, time, are you okay? Just ready for the takes. Cooling okay. down the takes. All right, Fultz. Yeah. So Fultz, go ahead. No, I mean it's just like, it's crazy that it is um, like mid August. And we still haven't seen anything. Uh, I'm glad he didn't play summer league. Um, I'm glad he's putting in the work and everybody's seeing and stuff. Uh, I he just needs to be able to shoot. He just needs to be able to shoot a jump shot in a normal human way, the way he normal human shot in normal human college. That's it. Just that's it. He's really good if he can just do that. And I know we've like built ourselves up after. He, a year plus of this into being like, okay, well, you know, it's the hitch isn't that bad, whatever. It's just like, let's just take a step back. I just wanted to be able to shoot. He's number one overall pick. <laughs> he was really good at it in college. And then it just went away and it wasn't the shoulder. It was never the shoulder. It wasn't. And he hopefully can just, his good brain, his good young brain can just heal itself and we can feel good about a normal human jump shot in an NBA game for our number one overall pick that we traded up to get. That's it. If I will be so happy for the season, I don't care. Honestly, if Fultz has a regular jump shot and the Sixers lose in the first round and Fultz plays the whole season and he's back and he's great, it's a successful season. <laughs> That's the only thing I care about because if, if the three of these guys are together, they're perfect. It is a perfect trio. It is the blend of skills and athleticism and ability and shooting and passing, all of it, and defense, it's the perfect trio to build a team around. And you can put Redick or Covington or Dario or whoever other guys that you can fill in over the next decade into those other two spots. But if these three guys are healthy and shooting jump shots, at least two of them shooting jump shots at a normal adult way, then we're going to win a championship. And that's the that's that's all that I care about. I just want it. I want it so bad. I feel for the kid. Please, Drew Hanlon, you're either my favorite person in the world or an enormous enormous piece of shit. I you're probably incredibly cocky and really full of yourself in a way that's upsetting to me in real life. But if you rebuild Fultz's jump shot. I you can produce all of the stylish videos of you in like expensive socks that you want. I don't care. Just get us there, please. Well, please well, let, let me tell you something. You, you you'd pretty much be nailing down your induction in the Process Hall of Fame next year. Oh my I, god. I think Drew Hanley, yeah. Uh I think you said it very well. The only addendum I would make to this is if you are and I'm I'm so glad that all of our maniacs and Sixers Twitter as took to defending everything that happens with Markel Fultz and praying for the kid and all that. But if you're one of those people that 
uh, is busy tweeting highlights from last year and talking about how incredibly effective he can be without a jump shot, even if it doesn't come back, you're out of your fucking mind. Like you're, you're, you're wrong. Um, and it's the same people who could talk about how effective Ben can. It, it's not the same thing, obviously, because Ben has proven that he's effective without a jump shot. But really, if we're going to win a championship here in Philadelphia, they both have to shoot to to different extents. You know, I don't think Ben has to be the shooter that Markel does. But but stop it. I, I don't want to hear any more about other players who weren't effective shooters. Who who it's it's 2018. It's uh, somebody mentioned that on the MCW when they drafted, you know, our first maybe the first podcast we did when they drafted MCW, we basically said you can't win a championship in the NBA at this point if your point guard can't shoot. And that's that's it. So and either of these guys, I I, I'm, I'm happy for you to say it, but I hope that inside, you know, that if he cannot shoot, this is all sort of a non starter. You know, at least with him, um, it, he does not end up with a real NBA career if he cannot shoot the basketball. At least not at the level the Sixers need him to be for them to compete for titles. Right. So, if he shoot, if, I would be uh, so happy if he shoots like thirty-one percent from three this year on like four attempts a game. Yes, I'll be so it'll happy. Be fine. I'll be so yeah, it'll be happy. Fine. Just shoot it and make it. Sometimes that's it. That's yep. it. Uh, before we get to uh, a couple of remaining topics, let's talk about the original sponsor of the Right Ricky Sanchez podcast, L.L. Pavorsky. L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers. Is he up to 96 or 97 rings? We're, I think we're close, sold to we're the Ricky Sanchez listeners. We're in the Schwedzi. We're getting to sure. 100. Yeah, it's, we got to figure out what to do at number 100. I think at one point I said that I would marry that couple, but I don't know that that couple would even want that. So he, he has sold. Uh, rings. I don't know what the count is. It's 96 or 97 to write to Ricky Sanchez listeners because, you know, we were talking about Cornblow. You want a guy that you can trust and you can believe in and, and who cares about the service he provides you. And that's LL. Here's the important thing. The summer cabana sale has like four days left. It goes to August 15th. A lot of rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners have taken advantage of the, the best sale on jewelry anywhere in, in maybe the known universe. Uh, only goes till August 15th. You save 33 to 75% off uh, a special selection of amazing fine jewelry. You can go to llpavorsky.com to, uh, to see some of the stuff. Or you just go into the store, which is at 707 Walnut in Philly. Also go to his Facebook. You could also go to his Twitter, all that sort of stuff. Um, if you want to buy an engagement ring, that's a different story. What I want you to do is make contact with LL before you go in there. So when you can go in, he can make the most out of your appointment. What he'll do is he'll block off time for you. He'll have things that you can look at as soon as you go in there. If he knows how much you want to spend about, you know, the things that you're looking at. So you can reach out to him via Twitter at LL Pavorsky. Go to LLPavorsky.com and email him uh, or call the store 215-627-2252. He's just really... Uh, the most giving, wonderful dude I think I've ever met in in my 42 years of existence. So, so thanks to LL for being a believer in the podcast and for helping so many rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners. Big time. For every podcast, LL uh, is responsible for generous donations to our charities this year, which are coded by kids who will be on site at the live Ricky. I reached out to them on oh, that's uh, awesome. September 22nd. That's great. Yep, and Providence Animal Center, who will also be on site. At the live Ricky at September. Is there going to be a dog section? Twenty second. Dog. Dog. Well, I don't. I haven't talked to the electric. I haven't talked to Electric Factory about that, but I did. I was like, "Yo, 
what if I bring Rebel out on stage? Like, it'll be like a fucking... No, Rebel. He'll get freak, a huge hand. He'll freak out. Yeah, he will freak out. Maybe maybe uh, Providence Animal Center can bring a dog that won't freak out in front of a crowd. So, um, LL Pavorsky Jewelers. No walk-ins. That is LL's <laughs> tagline that he sent to me based on a line in my episode of Trial and Error, which you can watch on NBC.com or Hulu. There you go. Um, a couple of things I want to go over. First, a real short thing. Uh, uh, Bob uh, Vulgaris, Harala Bob, the, uh, the most famous sports gambler in the world, tweeted something earlier this week about listening to podcasts at one and a half and two speed and all that kind of thing. And I, I'm curious as to your take. My take on it is that I am uh, very much against it. And I will explain why. Well, there are some podcasts that are strictly for information. And if you're, learn- if you're listening, trying to consume information, I-, I get it. But when you listen to a podcast that is meant for entertainment purposes, such as this one, one that might have jokes or context, and you speed it up, I think you lose a lot of that. And what I, what I thought was, if you did the same thing with music or movies or TV, it would seem insane. And it, it brought me back to when Napster happened and, and now with music. And people went from like cherishing an album to just trying to get as much music as they could. And I think it, it sort of creates this, um, you stop making choices in like it, as to what is better just to get more in. And I think it loses some of its effectiveness. I, I know this sounds like really heavy and like it means too much to me, but I really think it's the wrong thing. And it's, it's a bad way for us to go down. Maybe there are too many podcasts. And I look, I, I don't begrudge anyone who listens to the podcast, this one at one and a half or two speed. But I was listening to one earlier at one and a half. And I was just like, it made regular speed seem like insane. I, I, I don't know. I hate it, and I wish people wouldn't do it. And I, I'm curious as to what your take is on it. Yeah, so I, um, I listen to well-produced podcasts at regular speed. Like I think if mm-hmm. it's like, hey, we put a lot of time into editing it and stuff. But if it's just a conversation, I think a lot of people just talk too slow for me. Like Woj just talks so slow and deliberate. And if I listen to him on one, I'll just drive into, off a cliff. Uh, I talk really fast, so I wonder if people listen to this on fast speed, and I sound even crazier, and I'm hard to understand. I don't know. I think I think you're. Uh, it's, we're in the content age, and if people yeah. want to digest all the content that they can digest, um, yeah. I mean, if it's a, I think for me, it's, if it's a conversation, then it's like yeah, whatever, just talk faster. Um, but if it's if it's well produced and and there's like moments that you're missing, I think it does. Uh, take away I, from it. I, I think yeah. I think the the thing for me is sometimes it's not just what you say; it is how you say it. And I think if you move, let's take uh, a, a conversation we would have about a hard subject. Like let, take the faults thing in general, in the middle of it. Let's say, and if I'm saying what I think, but there is sort of there is waiting and pausing and thinking in there and that is removed and only the words are left you know that that's sort of the problem with ag- the 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 aggregation stuff that people um, when when you take somebody something that somebody says and put it in written form and just post it on the internet it doesn't always mean the same thing as when you heard it and i think speeding it up can also make it not mean the same thing 
I guess. I, I, I guess I just don't think ha- consuming more content is always better. Sure. And I hope I hope as we get through this, um, it that sort of works itself out and, and, and that changes a little bit. Because I think it hurt music. Yeah. I mean, the way I think, I think if you're putting... So, like, you're saying that the pauses would be gone, the stops and starts, but, like, it you you sort of like re uh calibrate, config, recalibrate your yeah. brain so it's like if the, pa- the the pauses just are smaller and you can hear it out i, I get right. it it's fast when i i listen to some things at 1.5 and other people come in the car and they're like oh my god what is happening um yeah. but it's too uh, some podcasts are too long i still want to hear all the stuff but i want to get through it uh it's like a fast forwarding commercials kind of whatever I think I think a lot of people do what they want. If they want to do it, if if their yeah. brains are frying, uh, my brain might be fried because of it. Um, at least I'm, at least I'm going down with the content. <laughs> That's a. I'll leave that at that. Uh, two more things: uh, the Sixers still don't have a general manager what? and aren't going to. Yeah, uh, believe it or not, they don't have a general manager. Um, there are some takes that because the season is over, that means or the off season is is basically over. That means that it's okay that they don't have a general manager because what would that guy do anyway? And the answer is um, what a general manager does all year, which is plan for the future, yeah. uh, see work the phones, see who's available. I just wish they had talked to somebody. Are they even interviewing? No. No, well, doing I, nothing. What are the? What's the point? What are they? Are they just lazy? Are they just tired? Are they on vacation? Are they too busy like embezzling money with the White House? What are they doing? <laughs> Do something. Interview people. Do you think that a uh, interview uh, us? Uh, do you think a worthy candidate would come at this point? Yes. Uh, with yes. The off season over. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, they're, so they're, you're saying they're that it's the most it's it's of an incredibly attractive job. I get I get why. It's uh, there's also like hesitation. I get why people would want to do their due diligence on this ownership group, but they're one of the five best teams in the league, and those jobs don't open up. And they're also the window is a long one. It's not like this is the last gasp or anything. So these jobs don't open up. I think people take the risk and be like, okay, fine. You know, I, I wish during their fake interview with Daryl Morey, they had just said, Hey, we just got you in here. We know you're not going to come. Could you tell us who you would hire? Yeah, yeah. And, and that would, we could have paid him for that. Hopefully it was a fact finding mission. Do you think, um, do you think it's whose decision was it to try to reach out to Daryl Morey? And like, did they consider that? Did they realize the balls it was taking to after forcing Hinky out and now reaping the rewards of what he did then so the, try to get his boss, former boss. I don't know if I if I said this on our last pod because I do think we talked about this a little bit. But the way it was explained to me by somebody who would know, let's put it that way, not anybody within the Sixers organization, but somebody who would know how guys like uh, Harris and Blitzer operate. I don't mean that negatively. I mean guys that own lots of companies and blah, blah, blah. Anytime you say guys who would know, I think it's the electricians. (laughs) No, no, it's not them. Nobody was was listening to conversations. Okay. So uh, that in other industries, not sports, 
that when you need a high-level executive at your company, what you do is it's pretty easy. You just go to whoever your strongest competitor is or whoever the best guy is and offer him way more money than he's making and you steal him. And that sort of poaching happens all the time. And the the executives who are poached in that sort of sense are complicit in that. It's just part of the industry. And that that it is not surprising that the Sixers ownership would it say, well, who's the best guy that everyone talks about? Maury, let's go get him then. Um, and not really understand because neither of those guys are are sports owner type guys who have done this before and are, are deeply entrenched in it. Neither of those guys would know that there was really no way he would do it. And and when it gets to next level, like, okay, we can't get that guy. Who do we get? Um, that it is much easier to just sort of, like, like the notion that they would try to hire a guy who would keep all of their front office people in, in place is sort of borderline insane. Like how you could even get a guy of any value who doesn't want to bring in any of his own people. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. So that's the way it was explained to me. So that they would just not understand that that wouldn't be something that would actually happen and actually work. So, so then um, it just feels like eventually they're just going to appoint yeah. Eversley yeah. to... To be yep. the guy. That would be the guess. That would be the guess. I just hope it's not Brett. And, and, Which is weird because now, and, but, that now no. like Brett is, I hope he, I don't know. He's a, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want him to be president of basketball. I don't want him to have final say. I really don't. And I love him, but I don't want a coach to have final say. They no. are different head spaces. They're not the same thing, you know? And I think the Phillies uh, are an example of, of what seems like a coach and a, a GM working in tandem. But still, like yeah, being like, "Hey, we want it. Yeah. We need a couple guys. We're going to get those guys, but we're not going to sacrifice the future. We're not just going to go all in for this one window when when we feel like we can sort of do both." Yeah, I, your input is valuable. I like your input, but I'm the one who makes the decision. Yeah, that that has to be it. So, uh, congratulations, by the way, to Sachin Gupta, uh, assistant GM at the Detroit Pistons, former Hinky guy. Um, Detroit, a, Detroit, uh, going full anti Stan Van. Yeah, Funny. yeah. Well, Stefanski's there, so I guess maybe it's somewhere in between. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to talk for a second. Uh, we haven't brought, talked about the Demetrius Jackson two-way yet. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, it seems like a waste of a two-way. That's what I thought, too. I really liked him in college, and I think like he's a, he's a small point guard where his best attribute is athleticism, and he's not athletic enough. He's not big enough to like utilize it in any like overpowering way. And it seems like his defense, which was an attribute at Notre Dame, he's just not he's he's really tough and really strong, but in the NBA there's all the all sorts of those guys and he's not he's just not big enough to overpower guys in the way that he could in college. They think that he will be a backup point guard someday in the NBA for real. And I don't. I need to see a lot more. We'll see if the jump shot has come along and if he's healthy, blah blah blah. Um, but it worries me a little bit that they're going for a second a second two-way for Demetrius Jackson uh, in the last year of TJ's contract. When I, T- I hope it I hope it was a, a favor. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind if it's like, hey, he's a good, he's a good yeah. or just he's a good guy. We have yeah. we have shake in one in one spot. Uh, we're gonna develop him. Demetrius is just a good locker room guy. Some continuity is good. I love continuity, uh, especially in the, in like a second two-way role. That's totally fine. Um, but I, I I do worry that it's. That they're like, okay, well, we can, you know, 
cheap out on on TJ if the offer is too high, and we can just replace him with this other guy because I I think TJ is a, a lot better. Let's give TJ an extension. Come on, right now. I mean, he's he's nominated in all three process Hall of <laughs> Fame true. categories. That's true. That's true. All three categories, man. Absolutely. All three categories. Uh, you know, I was going to talk about other NBA over unders, but we already talked about that, so I don't I don't know that it matters. Um, we'll do that at another time. That's really all I got. I want to give um, a uh, brief shout out to mm-hmm. uh, Charlie Widows, now working former Sixers employee, yeah. now working for the Clippers, who is living in LA again and uh, filled in. Uh, we needed a, we needed a guy from my rec league. On, uh, wow. on Wednesday night, Charlie Widows came in uh, and played great. Very poor, looks like Porzingis, shoots like Porzingis. Played the played the the middle of our zone. Uh, we got a win. Felt good. Love him. Sweet boy. We're four and one. Uh, that was good. So shout out to Charlie for. Uh, just want the internet to know that uh, Charlie is a very competent. And, basketball uh, player, basketball player, and not not because of any uh, otherworldly athleticism, but because of uh, shiftiness and uh, wits, and a really pure jumper. Well, and he's got good size, right? Yeah. I remember well, he's, Charlie he's like, being pretty he's tall. Like six three, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, good. And he's he's got that long, lean sort of, uh, That's right. you know, furcan, furcan. That's right. Beautiful boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. All right, man. Good to be back. The, yep. The uh, remember, go sign up for the newsletter, uh, so you can buy t- the uh, the 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 live show. So the um, the electric factory normally holds like two thousand or twenty five hundred people, but it is not that big because we're doing seated. So these the tickets for the live show will sell out. So make sure you sign up for the newsletter so you can be involved in the presale and keep your eyes open Monday when we make the announcement for the uh, special guest. We will also release a podcast talking about that special guest on that day so uh, monday-ish could be yeah hopefully monday yeah could yeah hopefully monday fingers crossed for monday it's gonna be Kristen's fault no matter what yes blame Kristen. um all right uh are you done with ttp yeah you know lick face we are the murderers there that went to jail and we murdered the murderers there then with the hell and discovered the devil delivered some hurt and despair used to have power to push now i smoke pounds of the push holy i'm burning the bush now i give a fuck about none of this shit two runner over and out of this bitch step into the spotlight Bumpers and downers get done. I'm in a rush to be numb. Dropping a thousand ain't much. Come from the clouds on a missile to turn.